Welcome to this episode of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play through Hotline Miami. On our next episode, we play through Zombie slash Zombie U, so join us for that. And Mo, you got some uh, Discord business to share over here. Oh yeah, so just so you guys know, we have our Discord channel, which is live, and if you wanted to join the discussion, jump on our website, that's leftbehindgame.club. There's a direct link there to join the Discord channel and join the discussion. Our last Vermintide episode, we got a few people up here that we uh, had a nice time to chat with. Shout out to JSAT and again, Pyromancer for jumping on board. Um, we also had uh, several other people as well that we could not leave behind. Uh, so feel free to join the discussion and we'll chat with you soon. But back to Hotline Miami. We did care about the violence, but we didn't really care about the secrets. Exactly. I did not care about a single... I saw <laughs> oh. it. I'm like, you can find secrets. I'm like... Uh, great what the, I, don't, I don't care like, do like, secrets help me kill people better literally that's exactly it and it was so, like do secrets mean more guns exactly that's like well, do secrets mean more blood you're listening to the left behind game club Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCord, and with me today, two friends. The first friend, Michael Ruffalo. Hello, I'm excited to talk about great games. I know you are, you always are. That's what I appreciate about you. And our second friend is Mo Murtadi. Excited to play the Cocaine Cowboy game. That That's exactly what we're going to play. It's Hotline Miami, developed Woo. by Donation Games. Uh, which is a portmanteau of programmer Jonathan Soderstrom and artist Dennis Whedon's names. Fantastic. Published and by Devolver Digital. The So this was the first game I remember ever seeing Devolver Digital be associated with, and it left a lasting impression on me. I have become excited anytime I see Devolver on a game because of this one. Mike, I remember when... Uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming it was when it actually was released, Hotline Miami. Um you were like super hyped about it. This is when I was just getting into like my Steam world and uh, building my PC and playing on the PC Master Race platform. Um, and you kept saying, Mo, you have to like play this game. Mo, you should get this game. And I'm like, nah, I don't know. It looks kind of like lame. It's like the top view. Dragon. Just the initial gut reaction. I'll pass. I'll pass. Yeah. I can't believe I took this long to play this freaking game. This is the first time you'd played it. Never played it. Yo. I've been passing it along, and it's been there's been so much hype by you and like a bunch of other people. But I was just like, you know what? I, I don't need to. And it kind of was put on the back burner. Luckily, this podcast brought it into my life. I wish I would have played it way back when. Amazing. So we're gonna spoil the whole thing. <laughs> um, but why don't you spoil this game? Well, there are yeah, YouTube videos yeah, that fair. that think that you can spoil fair, this game. Okay. I don't think I don't think you can spoil this game. Let's just get right into it. Uh, who wants to set this bad boy up? Okay, so first I'm going to ask Jacob. You've played this before, right? I have played this before. So the first time I played it, it was a PlayStation Plus game years ago, and okay. I played it on Vita. Okay. So the whole thing, it, it literally is the only game I played on my Vita. <laughs> I played one game in a Hotline Miami. It's a great game uh, to play on a Vita. It is. And there's cross-buy, and I believe there's cross-save as well on it. There, wow. There, I think there was on the Vita, so I'm assuming they took advantage of it. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if the PS4 has cross-save. Because oh. I know it's oh, on PS3 yeah, yeah. as well, mm. and the PS, the PlayStation versions were done by a different studio. They're done by gotcha. a- Abstraction Games. I just don't know how the cross save works right. because I played it the first time on PlayStation Vita, and I replayed it now on the PlayStation Four on a TV. Okay, mm-hmm. Mo, what did you play it on? Uh, PC on Steam. Um, I think I don't know where Big I got nice it. Desktop PC. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, 
I used my Logitech controller. Wait, you uh, used a controller? Not a mouse and keyboard? Yeah, controller. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You bought a new mouse for this. Uh, so I dug up an old mouse that I had because <laughs> I am poor. <laughs> and I played it on my overheating, battery not working MacBook Air. Mm. Um, and that was an experience. The one that was just dropped like yes. right before we started recording Ten this. Ten minutes ago. It might be dead. You know, have you checked be, it? I have not. Okay. <laughs> I'm afraid to look. No, you know what? Now, now that you brought up the whole... I, I didn't even think about using my mouse and keyboard when I should have. You're crazy. Well, here's the thing. Like, I think in the process of playing this, I'm also playing Hitman. And Hitman, I'm using the controller for. So uh-huh. I just naturally... It was just right next to me. And that I, makes sense to me, though. Yeah. I turned it on and then my controller was right there. So I just grabbed it from the side and I just started playing. I never thought, hey, maybe I should switch it to mouse and keyboard. Wow. And see, I couldn't imagine playing it on a mouse and keyboard because I played it on like on the Vita, which has the touchpad uh-huh. and then the PlayStation 4 controller, which... What does the touchpad do for you? Um, the touchpad on both the PlayStation Vita and the PlayStation 4 touchpad, it helps you move the camera around so you can kind of Whoa. see beyond your field of vision. That's do you have that option? It's on a tiny screen. Tiny screen. Gotcha. Oh, do you not have that option on no, PC? No, I've got a big screen. On, on PC, or on for my me, case, a 13-inch you, screen. You would see a little bit farther in front of you if you're facing a direction. So you always saw a little bit more that way than like behind you. So that's kind of how you kind of saw more in on PC. But yeah, it was good. It was good. Okay. The setup for the game. So let's set this. Let's set this. <laughs> let's bad set boy this up. thing up. All right. Who's, who's um, going to be the brave one? <laughs> Go ahead. Why don't Why don't you try it, Mo? Okay. So you're pretty much a top down view of a guy in an abandoned, I guess, apartment of sorts. I don't even remember where you actually do start. And uh, you, for some reason, pick up a telephone, some phone calls start happening, and some people are like, hey, here's this task you can do. And they're kind of really weird mundane tasks, like, hey, go pick up the groceries from the store, or like, <laughs> hey, you know what? You need to go make a delivery, and then you show up. They're all up coded. To, yeah, and then you go show up somewhere, and then, for some reason, you just have the ability to beat the beep out of everyone. <laughs> beat, the beep. beat the beep. Beat out the of beep ev- out of people. Out of everyone you see, and it's the mo- it's. I don't know. It's, it's it's you kill everyone. Everything. And, yeah, in the, in a little violent way. Every it has a little satisfying feedback of like when you're punching someone, it's like tush tush tush, and then when they explode. It's mm-hmm. it's very visually graphic. Mm-hmm. Definitely not a children's game. No. So. To build on that, it is seeped in a neon 80s aesthetic. So cool. Um, with with uh, cues of like VHS, um, like tracking signals and massive screen shake. And uh, it is just dripping with style. Mm-hmm. This game is one of the most stylish games I've and, ever seen. And you wouldn't think that. like, Because when you kept mentioning it to me earlier on, I, I looked at it, I'm like, it looks dumb. It looks like very cheap, like, graphically. It's like... I, I think know. you're crazy, man. Well, this is the thing. Because coming from it, seeing it... It's like, a vibe. I, it, I yeah. didn't know what it was. So I see the graphics. I'm like, it, it's bright, cool, but it's, like, very pixelated. I don't want AAA graphics. I want 3D. Uh-huh. And uh, once again, I was wrong. Completely wrong. It, it's, it's so pleasing to the eye. And one thing we have yet to bring up, and I think we've done a disservice, the music. Probably oh, the we're going to talk about the music. Oh, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the music. Like, and uh, me and Mike watched a little bit of a little, like, kind of, I don't know, quick documentary on the game itself, and they were talking about it. And like, the coolest thing about that music is like 
we'll talk about it later, but just the beat kept going fast. And this fast, was the fast. complex documentary, correct? Right. Yeah, exactly. The complex mm-hmm. one. And it, like the music kind of keeps you going. You keep, you're pumped while you're playing this game and you don't realize it until you're done. And you're like, mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. Time to go do some work. I got a couple vibes from this game. So the first is, remember the first two GTA games, how they were top down. Yep. That's, That's ex- this game. Yes. That. Okay. The, while I was playing this for the second time, not the first time I played it, but this time that I was playing it, I was like, this is exactly what parents think Grand Theft Auto is or thought Grand Theft Auto the first few games when it was a very top-down perspective and you were you know, stealing cars and yeah. shooting guns. That's what parents thought this was because the the fidelity wasn't there so like yeah. it was implied that like oh i'm gonna beat this person up or i'm yes. gonna kill them but like the fidelity wasn't there so it just looked like oh there's a pixelated bloody mess but mm-hmm. like yo this game is ultra violent <laughs> do not let your children play this game but the and i think this game also piggies back piggybacks on some of that lack of fidelity it's sort of like that i think that hitchcock approach of like it doesn't show you everything and it allows your imagination to fill in all the gaps way worse than anything they could have actually ever showed you. Uh, and that's what this game does with mm-hmm. a lot of the violence. Like, you don't see the fingers going into the eyes, but you see a pool of blood underneath the guy's skull as he's, like, screaming. Yeah, or, like, when you're using the baseball bat or the golf club to literally beat the guy's head into a bloody pulp, like, you're you're seeing a swinging motion, but you're not seeing anything else except that pool of blood on the ground. Or, you know, when you are really close to someone with a small little knife and like you're doing almost like a quick little slice and yeah. like they're done. It's very slow. You don't really see what happens, but you know what happens because of that fidelity you're mentioning. I also got um, Miami Vice from this, like the TV show Miami Vice. Okay. I, thought, uh, I think, thought you were saying Grand Theft Auto Vice. No, Vice but not Vice City. Miami Vice, the show. And also, and this was mentioned, Miami Vice wasn't, but Drive the movie from a couple yes. years ago, yeah. Ryan Gosling, mm-hmm. Nicholas Winding Refn. 100%. And I'm just like, wow, yeah, those are the three things. GTA, Drive, and Miami Vice. Uh, stories implied, it's based in 1989. Should we start by talking about the look of the game first? It's made in Game Maker, so it's got a very distinct look to me. So uh, my take on the look is uh, a lot of very bright neon colors. Uh, and then they are very desaturated at times um what do you mean so it goes from being very bright and the very bright and warm and then you hit a point where everything looks bleak and drab and all of those bright colors that you know were bright are just very desaturated and are toned down in their vibrance mm-hmm um, is that the one like you're meeting that little trio of like villains or whatever? <laughs> is that what you're talking about when it dims down? Or is that the hospital where the colors change completely? Or are you talking like... So uh, there are multiple points throughout that, that it changes. Yeah, but in general, it's very bright and very like striking unless they're trying to set a certain mood or a vibe mm-hmm. um, where they're like, kind of dimmed down. DJ Khaled would say it's a vibe. It's a vibe. Exactly. It's a vibe. No, I, I don't... I, there, this, I've, not a spoiler alert, but I really had a good time with this game. Let's talk about the controls. Okay, so with how I played it with the controller on the, on Steam, one thing I had really trouble with was like kind of making sure my guy was facing the direction of an enemy because um, like you had to use because <laughs> you had to use like the sticks and there wasn't really a way to kind of you can lock on to certain people but uh-huh. most of the time you couldn't see who you're locking on to because in the level you're at you can lock on to everyone and switch to them um, but you just never knew where they were uh, how you're going to be going to them until I figured out here's a little hot tip if you haven't played Hotline Miami uh, when you do lock on to them 
if someone's coming at you, you can quick lock and quick shoot like a little double trigger action, which saved my life. Jacob, you're looking at me like you've never done it. So I'm going to explain so you're to you. cycling between people as you kill them. Yeah. You know how like in Call of Duty, you can do that quick uh, assist the auto or whatever. Way. It's kind of similar to that. So if you stand in a door and like waves of, are coming at you because they heard your gunshots, you can lock onto them. And then as someone's coming in, as soon as you shoot, just auto lock, it'll shoot it'll lock onto the next person because that guy just died. So it's almost like a quick fire with two triggers. It was like and you just mow down anyone coming into you. Um, yeah, because I really struggle with the control sometimes. Like, I, I don't know if I use lock on as much the first time I played the game. Oh, I did as this as this time. I used it a lot, but there'd be times where I didn't want to trust the lock on, mm-hmm. where I'm just like, oh man, what if two enemies come at me? Because and they come at like yes. slightly different angles. Because if they come at different angles, especially when you get the dogs, like the dogs are what screwed me up. Yeah. If a dog comes and a person comes, you can lock on, but really, I don't want to use lock on because I'm just gonna like. Spray and pray. You just need to wear the mask where yeah. the dogs don't attack you. You know what? That mask Hold I probably up. use what? the most. Wait. Don't tell me you didn't know that. No, I, I, I'm i now I'm going, oh yeah, there was that mask. But I always use... So I picked up a good mask when I started. So let's explain the masks. Yeah. So um, throughout the game, you pick up a series of masks. You start with a, with a rooster mask, which is like your default Richard, Richard which has no powers. Get it, but Richard. as you go... Oh, I get it. I, <laughs> I was waiting for Jacob to make a little... <laughs> Ding, I'm there. there. Go. I, giggling. I did it. You got him, guys. Good job, Mike. <laughs> Richard. Um, but as you go through the game, each level has two additional masks you can pick up. One that you just get for completing, and then another one that's hidden. So usually what I did is I used the owl mask to find, find the, the additional mask. Exactly. I did not care about a single... I saw oh. it. I'm like, you can find secrets. I'm like... Uh, Great. What do I don't I don't care. Like, do secrets help me kill people better? Literally, that's exactly it. And it, so, I was like, do secrets mean more guns? Exactly. That's like. Do well, secrets mean more blood? I think I I think I found a secret, like one of those letters or whatever. I'm like, if this is a secret, all right, I'm I'm done. I don't need it. Like, move on. Like, not realizing that it's it's pretty important. But I picked up a walrus mask. Um, Which one like is that? it's an, see, it's a hidden mask mm-hmm. and I picked it up like maybe level five or level six. I think there's 19 levels in this game, but I picked up the walrus, which allows you to take two bullets. Cuckoo-cachoo. Cuckoo-cachoo. Oh, I never used that one. Yeah. At all. So you could take two bullets, mm-hmm. not a shotgun shell, but you could take two <laughs> little bullets. Yeah. Did Mike, did you, which, which mask did you use? Uh, uh, so most of the game when, when it was a level that I was having no issue with, I would play with the owl because I wanted to find all the secrets. Wow. Um, But on a level that I was having some amount of difficulty with, I would switch to the mask that would help me the most. So if there were a lot of dogs in the level, I'd wear the dog mask. The dog mask, I thought, provided a good chunk of like... Getting yeah. through a level, you don't you don't need to worry about the little doggos. They run over really excited when you're killing everyone around them. Yeah, but they do not attack you. Which so wait, is do you fantastic. still kill the doggos? Yeah, if... you have to. No, don't you kill the doggos. And yeah. then, uh, so I would switch to uh, the the tiger mask that allows you to kill anyone you punch once. That was fantastic in some early levels. Uh, oh my god! Guys. I would switch I, I, to the wolf mask, the one that gives you a knife when you start. It's a good one. That's uh, a good one. It was great because you just like you don't need to find a weapon. You just throw the knife at someone <laughs> and then take whatever weapon they have. Um, uh, I got a point there. So I I just had a self realization that I am exactly what the meme you guys have created is. <laughs> Because the mask, I was just thinking, like, what mask did I really use? It's the one that gives you double the bullets. (laughs) (laughs) 
and it, it wasn't me trying to do that. I just naturally was like, this is so convenient. And I just kept picking it. The um, meme that we created of you. Yeah, yeah we, uh-huh, we, uh-huh. we created this Hey, meme. Mo, do you like guns Love the guns. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it's funny. Mike, I just want to touch up on that, that knife. That knife was the small little stubby one. Yes. I've never felt so much satisfaction launching it at someone like across the room and they're just toast one shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only thing that sucked is like if you did take someone down with that, the knife was gone. You couldn't really right. pick it up. Yeah. Um, but that night, and it was quick. Uh, you, you can stand at a doorway, and like if you if you caused aggro and people were coming at you, you can just slice and dice at a doorway as they're coming up to you. I thought it was so. The game is split into two sections. Spoilers: mm-hmm. the last section of the game, you get a guy who has a butcher knife as his weapon, and yeah. you can't pick up other weapons. Yeah, it was tricky. My thought was with the butcher knife, if you threw that, that's gone if it kills someone. Not if it hits a wall, you can go and pick it up. Yes, but the knife, I thought you could go and pick the knife. You back can always up. go and pick it back up. No. Yes. The, the small little knife? Yes. Yeah, the little one with the like red handle or the orange I, handle? I pull it, so when I was getting back into this, I oh. realized like the early levels were I, I found pretty easy because I played this you know the whole game before. Um, so I knew what to expect, and so I ended up trying to play the first few levels with only the knife, just throwing it at people, running, grabbing the knife, and then throwing <laughs> it at the rest. Um, and I tried to, tried to do a no-gun no playthrough for, mm. for a few levels. How'd that work? It, it was a little bit frustrating, but it was also very rewarding. Yeah, it's fun. Like, sometimes I just use the bat or the katana if you ever get the yes. Oh, samurai man, the sword. katana is so, so good. Oh, yeah. That, as soon as you unlock it, because early on, that's it seems like a significant just weapon in, like, gaming, like a katana. You're, you get it, and you're like, hey, this shouldn't be here this early, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> uh, I feel so bad with it. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I want to touch on with those masks, so, like, you, you can't really switch until, like, you only get to choose one is right before the mission starts. So if you do end up playing this game, you'll get to unlock all those masks and mm-hmm. you have to make that decision. This is the mask I'm rocking with at this level. There were some times where I picked a mask, let's say the bullet one, mm-hmm. and then I had tons of trouble with the dog. Yeah, let's just say the bullet one. Yeah, the bullet. The one that gives you double the bullets <laughs> that I only played with. The Mo mask. The Mo mask. The Mo, yeah, the mo mask bullets. Mo. mo bullets. Yeah, exactly. Mo mask, mo bullets. I, there's times I'd walk into a mid-level and I'm like, okay, this isn't like working for me. These dogs are chewing me alive, like literally. Um, where I'd exit out, restart the match, and then you can pick up a new mask and like kind of help yourself. But through. it was very quick to just restart and pick a new mask. Yeah, it was pretty. But pretty see, cool. if if the complex was multi level, right? Ooh. Because you have Ooh. to go like do Difficult. multiple floors. If floor two out of three or two out of four is difficult, like. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to like, even though my mask isn't maybe perfectly equipped for that mm-hmm. specific floor or specific building, I'm not going to restart because like, yeah, fair. I'm really bad at video games and I feel like that's part of why I didn't love Hall on Miami. Like I recognize, oh, no, look, I knew you alluded to this earlier, but yeah. I didn't think you would go that far as to say you didn't love it. L- look, I like it, but like it doesn't like for my taste. Like uh-huh. I don't like to be punished by a game. And look, this game when you when you screw when you die, it's your fault and it's fair. Or most times it's fair. It's you, always fair. You know what, Jacob? I one of the reasons why I was kind of nervous to play this game too is because I'm exactly that way in almost every game. Like I can't play those Mario World games. Like I can't if I'm jumping I get hit by a a, a vine with teeth in it and I'm, <laughs> I'm dead I'm and uninstalling I don't want to play this anymore mm-hmm. but for some reason in this game it almost like I mean, it's because you had to have a strategy there were some levels where like you had to approach it like one or two ways to kind of get through the first little bubble whether it be there's a guy with a gun and you have to wait till he turns around and then you have to run in really quick or you have to like wait till you find a gun or a sword or something it kept me wanting to like come back come back it was like the instant satisfaction of like hey I just cleared this level that kept me going, which is weird because I'm usually never like that with mm-hmm. games. I'm always like, oh, this is too hard. But I I probably died hundreds of times in this game, but I just kept coming back, kept coming back because of the... 
I think there's an achievement for dying a thousand times. Oh. And I had that achievement from my last playthrough of the game. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm really bad at video games and like this game is fair. There are games that are like punishing and sometimes unfair and you get cheesed by the game is kind of what they call it. But like this game's fair. That doesn't mean that it, it doesn't like preclude my taste. Like I, I just didn't love it. Yeah. I recognize I that it. it looks great. It feels great. It sounds great. Um, but it's just not, it wasn't for you. No. See, I, I have absolutely no issue with a game that beats the utter poop out of me. <laughs> if they make it very easy to get back in and try again. Yep. And through most of the game, my hand was hovering over the R button, which is to reload the mission because I re- restarted missions or just sections of levels over and over and over when I had a perfect run in my head of like, I'm going to pop through this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this door. I'm going to shoot this guy through the window mm-hmm. and then I'm going to walk back into this room and wait until everyone starts running yep. through this door and I'm just going to unload my machine gun and then when I run out of the machine gun, I'm going to throw my weapon and knock a guy down and then the the remaining people that come through, I'm going to use the door to knock them over and then I'm going to hop through and then just bash their heads. You know what's crazy? You almost have to strategize too because like once you when you get into a level, sometimes the multi-dimensional ones, when it tells you, hey, you've cleared this floor, go to the next one, you have to decide what weapon am I taking on with yes. me. And that there's sometimes I'm like, you know what, I'll take a, a machine gun. But sometimes I was just like, you know what, just give me that small knife. I can do damage. <laughs> I'll do some real. So it's, it was a cut somewhere. I never really picked the most the most powerful weapon there. It was like, you know what, how am I feeling right now? Which is crazy because like when you think about it in a normal game, think of a first person shooter. You're not walking in with a melee weapon. You're going to wait mm-hmm. till you find the best weapon in the game and that's what you're going into a new location with can we talk for a minute about how good it feels to kill someone in this game it's so am i the only one am i a sociopath no like am i am i it's weird to say that as a well-adjusted human being it feels wrong to say it feels good to kill these these people you you know what it is it's almost feels so good it's like so arcadey that they kind it kind of almost doesn't seem like it. I don't know. It's weird. Like I don't feel like I'm killing people, even though they're exploding, their heads are getting chopped right. off. But like it's like it's like that satisfaction of ah, I got you first. You didn't get me. But think like think Robotron 2084. Like you're essentially like the old arcade game Midway. It's just like it's a dual stick shooter, eight positions. You just shoot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like essentially, it's the same thing. But because of the ultra violence, you're like. Yo, am I a bad person? Because this is real satisfying. It feels really good. Like, for example, like, not to... Spec Ops The Line, when we played that, when you made Mm -hmm. those moral decisions of shooting, like, civilians or shooting people, those, you're like, I feel bad about this. But you're literally just shooting one round into someone. Whereas in this one, there's especially that one level where you're going into that office and everyone's not... They have no weapons on them and they're scared of you. Like, and you can just... When you're playing as the biker. Yeah, later on in the game. Like, those, they pose no threat, but, like, it's almost like you had that adrenaline. I just took everyone down. Also, at that point, you're conditioned to walk into these rooms and and just murder everyone. Don't ask questions. Just kill everyone. Just murder. Yeah. So, it's, like, it's weird. Like, this game, I don't know if it's, like, maybe it is the music, the gameplay, like, the fact that people are coming at you and you're, like, survival mode and trying to accomplish a mission. Where it kind of brings down that level of like guilt, I guess. But like, I don't know. It's weird. It makes you feel weird. The thing, uh, one of the things that I think makes killing someone in this game feel so good is the sound effects. 150%. The sound effects are so satisfying. The crunch of breaking glass, of the the sound of shooting the bullet, and then hearing like the soft splash of hitting the guy's skull or 
chest, wherever you end up hitting them, because you don't see it for the most part, you just... You know, you, your imagination takes it's over. It's implied, so you're yeah. like, okay, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the sound effects just give it another level, uh, and it feels really good. Yeah, yeah and, it's and weird. I, it sounds weird. Jacob's like, you guys are all murdering. No, yeah. but I'm like, not being judgmental. Maybe a little bit. Yeah, no, it's 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 so strange, and you can only experience it if you play it. Like, if you play, you're gonna get, you're gonna see exactly what we mean. It's not like a traditional. You don't feel bad because it's so like arcadey and like. Obno- not obnoxious but like it's over the top like yeah. you're slicing and dicing people are they're splattering across an entire floor it's funny because devolver digital who's the the publisher of this one before they published this one they published a serious sam game so it seems very apt for them to be like oh we did serious sam before this and then we're going to publish this game too um did you try playing it all with the sound off at all never no, no. i love the music i love the so I did that because I had two levels left and I wanted to, li- I was listening to a podcast and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to finish this podcast. I have two levels left to finish. I've already played through this game once. Let's see All what right. it's like with the sound off. Yeah, yeah. It's not, no, don't do that. No, yeah. Keep the sound on. Yeah. Get, get the subwoofer going. Do not play it with the sound yes. off. The music in this game is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The, when I loaded this back up, it brought me right back to 2012. Like in a way that I was not expecting, I was not prepared. And, like we all have kind of different tastes in music, but the in 2012 I was listening to like Sun Ra and Moon and Perturbator and like this stuff. Hit. Those are three artists that are on this yes. soundtrack, and they hit it hit me in a way at at the right time. Like I was probably not in a good mental state at the time, and the music just it felt so good. And it, just listening to it now brought me right back to that 2012. How would you explain it? Like, what genre is like house, like deep house? I don't know. Um, so I would describe it as like, kind of uh, trance yeah, music in a way. Yeah. Um, it's very dark, ambient. Um, is kind of what I would look for if lot I was looking for tags along that along lot, that line. A lot of wobbles. Um, it's definitely electronic. It's it's definitely have definitely has a driving beat. Um, I don't know what the exact genre would be. I know in that era I was listening to a lot of stuff that would be like considered dark wave, um, dark ambient music, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I just absolutely love the the music in this game. It is such a driving force. I cannot imagine. Like when you said, Jacob, that you played those last few levels without you made music, a face at me. I had a, a gut reaction and that was, it was just like, I know deep down, like you can't play this game without the music. The music's such an integral part of the experience. Yeah. And it's like, if you take away the music, the game is lost. If you take away like the graphicness, the game is lost. If you take away like the tight controls, the game is lost. Yeah. It's like everything just comes together so well. And the craziest part in that documentary they're mentioning, like when they were nominated, I think for best game, my correct yeah, me if IGN I'm wrong. Game of the year. Yeah. They, they were there. They gave every single nominee, I guess a booth at the award show and they were standing next to mass effect and mass effect. They're saying it's like a 300 person team, uh, the, the developers for that game. And meanwhile, them, they had just a couple guys it's just, just, sitting people. There, <laughs> just sitting there in the booth. Like, uh, hello, like, nice to meet you. <laughs> Which is, it's pretty sweet to think, like, they, they brought, there's people clawing tooth and nail departments, management, hierarchies, like, clawing away to say, hey, how can we get products to consumers? Let's make something cool. What's trendy? These guys are like, let's make something for us. 
we like it, and it just exploded. The rest of the world and millions of people jumped on board and liked it as yeah, well. Yeah, because Soderstrom made tons of like little Flash games under the alias Cactus okay. for a long time. So if you go like look up Cactus games, yeah. like there's a lot of like... I would call them like strange prototype, like just little things you could mm-hmm. play. And this was one of them that they were developing. This game is absolutely the epitome of better than the sum of its parts. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And, uh, and, but I would also add that like each one of the parts individually are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like it feels good to shoot the weapons in this game. It feels good to slice someone with that knife. It feels good to listen to the music. Um, it looks fantastic. Like I, I know in subsequent years I've seen throughout the internet, just fan art for hotline Miami in a way that you don't see for most games, let alone indie games, um, just stylized versions of the different main characters, specifically Richard, a lot of, you know, roosters wearing jackets. Yeah. Um, jacket was in payday, the heist or payday two. Yeah. He was a DLC character in that one. Which is super cool. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I've played Payday 2, and I didn't realize it until you said that. Don't know if it's Payday 1 or Payday 2. I think 2, it's but 2, because 2 has a huge community, and like people are still playing it. It's been out for so long. It's still a good game, too. Mm-hmm. Payday 2 is pretty good. I want to throw a wrench in it. What didn't you guys like? Because we're, we're way too high up on this game. Let's, let's, let's be real. Is there anything that you didn't like? Because I'll bring one up right now, ladies and bring gentlemen. Bring it up. Story. The story. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it's, and you know what? It's like... It's nonlinear. It's... It's out of sequence. Yeah, when, it's, is it? Explain the story yeah. to me. I don't understand. Okay, like I get it's a revenge plot. I get it. It's a revenge. Like is his, it a revenge plot? So m- here's here's my thing. I I don't okay. understand the meta layer that's on top of this game okay. because it's like is is this a game? Should you be enjoying this? Is it violence? Like that's probably that's the meta layer. That's definitely a theme of the game. But like the the actual in the game story uh-huh. is you are being used by someone to kill the Russian mob in 1989 Miami. You keep getting these phone calls. They're like, hey, why don't you come and pick up your dry cleaning and like clean up while you're here? C- clean up. Kill kill every, kill all the people. Um, but you go and you end up meeting a, a woman who's a prostitute. You take her to your house. You end up like bringing her back to life or bringing her from to health. Nursing she ends up... Exactly. She becomes what I assume is your girlfriend. And then all she gets killed. It, yeah. And then it's a revenge plot to be like, you killed my girlfriend. I'm going to kill you now. Do you want to know what I thought it was? What? Because like I kept after playing uh, to the moon and like talking about dreams and all that. I found that every it was convenient. Every time you started a mission, you were like starting it from the bedroom. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. So you're starting it from the bedroom and you're always walking to the phone, answering phone calls. And the very end of each mission, when you go meet your like the guy that keeps like saying, hey, have you heard what's going on in the news? There's murderers everywhere. Mm -hmm. That's always the last thing you see, and then you wake up again. So I'm like, he's definitely dreaming or like out, mm. out cold or something. You know what I thought that was for the longest time? You would go to the store or the VHS place, and I thought that you were picking up money. He'd be like, oh, just get something on the house. And that oh. was his way of being oh, like, oh, yeah, that could have been it. Go get, go get this money. Maybe everything is bugged and tapped around me. Why don't you just go pick up a VHS tape? Wink, wink. Everything it's full is of in money. code. Everything yeah. was in code. Exactly. We've got a problem at the phone department. Go see if you can. You know, clear out the lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so this game, in my reading of it, uh, is very clearly... So there, there are these sort of dream sequences that you have throughout the game where you walk into a room that is your apartment and you have a conversation with three of these animal masks um, in Jacket's, I assume, body. Uh, and so there's Richard, the rooster, standing right in front of you. And then there's the horse 
and I'm blanking on what the other animal is, um, but they're on either side. And, you know, at the beginning, Richard, the, the rooster, asks you, you know, four questions. Uh, the first one is, you know, do you enjoy killing people? Um, he asks you a bunch of other questions. Mm-hmm. Who's uh, leaving messages on your answering machine? Right. Where are you right now? Why are you having this conversation? And those are very clearly directed at the, like, the player of the game. It's very much like the, yeah, it, it's directed at the player of the game and less the, the character jacket. Um, and so one of the things you find out as you play, specifically because they add dates, um, is that most of this is you reliving these memories of things that have happened in the past. Um, because there's the moment where after finishing talking in your dream state to Richard and the other animal masks, you go into the other room and the bedroom across the hall is you in a bed and then Jacket's head explodes at the revelation of this and you wake up in a hospital where the police officer is talking to the doctor saying, when is this guy? Is he going to come out of this coma? When is he coming out? We need him. He's part of a very big investigation. He's a prime suspect. He's part of this. We need him. Why aren't you doing more? And so to me, that seriously implies that, um, most of that, most of the game up until that point had been one through an unreliable narrator, uh, you know, ultimately someone who's telling the story from their perspective and you can't quite trust that they're getting all of the facts correctly. And two, it's someone who's reliving some of this past trauma, some of the things that they've experienced, uh, in their coma. Um, and then after that moment where Jacket's head explodes and you wake up in the bed, that's back to the reality of the situation. Okay. Um, where you have a really tough time getting out of the hospital, sneaking out. Uh, and that's when it shifts to the biker character who has a very different take on the fight that you had. Um, the first time you play through the game and you face off with the biker character, he's essentially the first boss that you face off against. Is he? Oh, he is. He's either, he's either the first or the second. Um, and the way that you interpret it is, you know, that you've killed him, that you kill the biker and you move on. Uh, but when you wake out of that coma and you're in that situation and you face the biker again, in this time you're playing as the biker and you face against jacket and you end up killing him. And so both situations can't be true. Uh, so one or both are unreliable narrators. I was so confused. Like when I was doing that, that portion, when you had to fight right. jacket again, I'm like, I feel like I did this before, but I did. I could, I, cause like for me, I was playing it almost as like an arcade game where every mission was separate from the other almost. And I didn't did really you read anything. Uh, there was one part actually I want to bring up cause I kept playing through this and was reading stuff. I'm like, Mo's not going to read. I did, but this. I didn't get anything from it. Like I read most of that. There's one thing I regretted not reading when you, this is almost like a, I guess a spoiler for the, the this main story, but uh, that janitor, when he's in your house, I think you go up to him. You can. There's like a bubble that popped up, but I clicked like way too fast and it disappeared. And then, I don't think that he said anything. I think he it? was just monitoring you. If, if I'm if I'm understanding that correctly, there was the very next mission after he's in your apartment. You see him at the actual uh, in the level itself. It, it was kind of. I'm assuming it was like a little Easter egg because if you like crawled outside of the building and like followed outside of a window, you can go into another window and see him in a room. And he's like, oh, hey, like he says a little, another thing back to you, but I couldn't connect exactly what was going on. Uh, did you guys see the janitor guy? He, he yeah. Did. So 
you guys got to the end of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the game, you find out that the janitors who have been giving you these smirks and smiles and the only yeah. people that you're not killing in these buildings are the ones running this giant conspiracy, this scam. Um, and they're the ones running the phone lines and sending out these messages to people and commanding them to go and commit these murders. Um, do you remember the name of the group? The 50 blessings, something along those lines. No, I, I didn't. I didn't. I'm just like, what? What is, what is happening? Okay. Who are these guys? And then I just killed them. I'm like, oh, that's the credit. Second credits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So you find out that the janitors are, are running the whole show, but it doesn't, doesn't explain anything more. Um, I think, I think it's less, I think what you're intended to do is spend less time thinking about the story of jacket and more time thinking about the questions that Richard poses to you. Uh, and essentially, you know, the questions, the first one being, you know, do you enjoy killing people? Uh, because I think on some level, this game is having people who play games where the vast majority of games involve character on character combat or the player is killing or dominating another, another force. Um, having them come face to face with the fact that like, don't you think it's really kind of screwed up that you're really enjoying doing this? That like the game that you're drawn to is not only where you're murdering people, but you're senselessly murdering them. And not only are you senselessly murdering, you're them, not questioning it at all. Not only questioning, you're violently murdering them. You're it's, it's not like you're John wick where you're coming in and just as efficiently as possible, cleaning out a room. Mm-hmm. You're going in there and you know, pressing a guy's eyes into a skull you're slitting someone's throat with a little blade you're killing doggos you're, you're killing the dog john wick would never kill a doggo you, you would not that's a very good point uh you're taking billiards cues and then stabbing people with them after you've broken it over their head like it's a visceral it's violent it's it's very, very strong okay so throughout the game as you go through the chapters it starts very I don't want to say clean, but like your memories seem clean. The scenarios seem like very cut and dry. You don't question anything. But as you go through, there are people that start appearing that have either like lost their eye or like their brains are out of their head and they're still talking. And that's when I thought it was a dream. That's that's after your buddy Beard says, hey, I've got to tell you something. None of this is real. And then at VHS, like... Yeah, you get that static. And then it just goes right back to normal being like, hey, buddy, do you hear about that crazy stuff? Grab anything you like. It's on the house. And he's like, here, let me prove it to you. And the dead biker who you had killed previously, who's laying right next to him, after he says, let let me prove it to you, his body disappears. And you're just sitting there like, what is going on? And so on some level, it made me think, okay, is this about mental illness? Uh, is, Is your character actually, you know, schizophrenic? Because there are multiple characters that you're seen talking to, um, a lot of a lot is indicated that you know some of these people don't actually exist. Um, are these phone calls actually your phone ringing, or is this the way that some of your vo- some of the voices in your head are, are you know are speaking mm-hmm. to you? And I guess some of that would make sense when you think back and say when I was in the hospital, which was a completely different game. Like, the feel of the game was way different. Mm-hmm. They took everything from you. Mm-hmm. If you walked too far in the hospital, 
everything would freeze, you'd stop, and you'd get a huge headache. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what it's else? Really tough to control in the hospital. You had, yeah, you had to like conserve your energy. You had like bursts. I mm-hmm. just maxed it out. I ran as fast as I could until it stopped, and I got like a little pattern going. Where I was like, you know what? I can go all the way up to here, and the second you get to consciousness again, sprint to this location because you only have a little bubble of space where you can kind of get through that hospital level. Because in that one, you just have to avoid lines of sight. You have no weapons, but you have to escape. I'm oh, sorry, yeah, you have no weapons, and you're trying to escape lines of sight throughout the entire level. Yeah, but then there's other stuff too, like I mentioned before, that stuff where people are just, you know, half dead and they're still talking. Purple cats. Are purple cats a thing in the final boss? I mean, that doesn't matter to me. That's just me. But um, is this game closer to Spec Ops The Line or is this closer to something like um, The Stanley Parable? Like, is this is this thematically or what it's trying to do closer to Spec Ops or Stanley Parable? Or is it is it close to none? Because I, I hadn't I, heard the mental illness argument at all. Um. And, and, and that's very I, interesting. I've not heard that one at all. Yeah, and and mind you, I don't know much about schizophrenia. I don't know much about you know. The, but the masks that would make a lot of sense. It, it was it, you know, it's a surface level reading that I that I have. Yeah, into it. and uh, based off like so just seeing the guy, the developers and designers, I didn't even know if they went in that deep. I think they just like, hey, let's put on different masks and. Oh, so so there are a couple couple of things. One uh, one half of the team. You know, he had talked about his, in his experience making the game, he had gone through a bad breakup and that breakup, uh, had done some really bad things to him, which, uh, is one of the reasons why the girlfriend subplot is in there where you rescue the girl. She's kind of nursed back to health. She becomes your girlfriend and then she's murdered. Um, in fact, if I remember correctly, he had said that, uh, there was a period where he was institutionalized and that's where he was creating a bunch of, a bunch of the sprites. Yeah. All the, game. the art for the game. Um, which you know says quite a bit, I think, for the tone. The tone has a very dark and you know menacing vibe. Yeah. Which also, uh, you know, I, I saw in an interview with Moon, he said a very similar thing. He was very young at the time, and he was in a bad place, and that's where you know that's when he had made the music, and it was very dark and sinister and menacing and melancholic, and uh, that's. That's a lot of what comes through in the in the aesthetic and the feel of the game. And didn't he also mention that the girlfriend subplot, there's changes that start to come in the apartment? And that's also part of what he said. He's like, yeah, I had this girlfriend, like I was living like a bachelor, and then she started to bring things in slowly and right. kind of start to mature my sensibilities a little bit right. and add things to my apartment that yo, a man should probably have. <laughs> you can definitely see, it's one of my favorite aspects of the game, and it's so little and it's easy to, to, to not notice. But at the beginning, your apartment is just a mess. It's like a pigsty. And then as the longer that she's there, you see your apartment starts getting cleaner. You see like it's more organized. You see the beds have gone from not being made to now they're made. And then the beds go from being separated to pushed together. And so it it honestly, it it was something I noticed uh, and thought was a nice little touch. Um, But it didn't drive home a real connection with her as a character because I was so desensitized to the murder and the vicious murder that when she as a character dies, it didn't really strike me as something that was too insane. At at the most, I felt a little bit violated that there was someone with a mask who was doing what I was doing in my apartment. With the the girlfriend portion, well, I didn't even think it was a girlfriend. I thought it was just like a mooch that was like staying at the house. <laughs> like I thought she was just in rough shape, and like you're kind of just giving her like a place to kind of stay. And she was like, because like there's some parts where you'd come home and she's I think puking in the sink or something, or 
I didn't see her puking. I thought, I thought she, she was just, just naked in front there. of the yeah. stink. Oh, I assumed because like she was like a. And you know they never do say that she's your girlfriend. Yeah, but they they're little things that imply it. Okay, like the fact, I missed it completely. Yeah, like the fact that you check your messages in front of her, mm-hmm. which is I don't know about you guys. I don't check my messages in in front of most people. Um, I what the, kind of the, messages are you sending, Michael? You, you, you never know, Mo. Give you me that phone. Know. Give me that phone. Uh, no, never. We're gonna read your DMs in never. the podcast right no, now. No, no, his BlackBerry Messenger stuff because that's where the that's where the bad <laughs> stuff is. It's encrypted. No, it's, it's it's funny. Like I didn't even think I didn't think about the that girlfriend storyline at all. I thought it was just like you you got to this portion and now she's just kind of living in your house. But it makes sense. Like yeah, the house house does get a little tidied up, and uh, maybe there was more that I just didn't notice. It's a good point. Mm-hmm. Richard's second question is who's calling you and like I, so the first question is like do you enjoy killing people and you know as your character after the first mission you don't enjoy killing people because you get violently ill after you kill the hobo and complete the mission um but after that it seems like you enjoy it and and like obviously those questions are posed more at the person playing the game than the character jacket the second question being who's who's calling you who's giving you these messages and i think the answer is like ultimately it doesn't matter you're just following orders mm-hmm. which kind of brings me back to the bioshock stanley parable type uh unreliable yeah. narrator no what is that called is that unreliable narrator An unreliable narrator is just you can't trust the story that's being told mm-hmm. um but but the Bioshock Stanley parable thing is more about game design and that, you know, they set up artifice of you're doing this for a reason and we're giving you choice. But in reality, you're on a very linear path with all of these things that you have to do if you want to progress and you can't make real choice because real choice doesn't exist in a game that is tightly designed and, and organized and pathed for you. Um, so I think that's ultimately like the answer to the second question that he gives you. Um, and those are, that's really what I get out of the story. It's less about what's actually happening, how it's pieced together. Um, and I, and I thought the, like the first question is pretty obvious, but I, is it the first, the last three questions I thought were just rhetorical. What are the last three? The last three are who is leaving you messages, where are you, and why are we having this conversation? The last right. two are definitely rhetorical. But I had thought that the second question, who's leaving messages on your answer? I thought it was rhetorical. Okay. Yeah. But I think the last two are pretty rhetorical. It's just like, think about why you're here. It's all a dream. Right. It reminded me of the Matrix. Well, see, again, in that situation of think about why you're here, that's less a question for Jacket, and it's more about it's prompting the the player of the game to think about yeah, why why am I in these kind of dream sequences? Is this a dream? What what purpose do these serve and what are the roles of these characters in the game? Cuz there's no setup to the game. There's zero. It's just like zero here's setup. Miami, it's May, it's yeah. March. You're given a phone call. You, they tell you failure will not be tolerated. You go and collect the package that they give you and there's a rooster mask. And they give you instructions to go in and kill everyone and get this briefcase and drop it in this trash can. And as you're doing that, there's a hobo there and you murder him because Uh, he saw you. You're you're upset because he's upset that you're there and you get violently ill. And it just keeps bringing it back to the fact that like you should not be okay with this amount of violence. 
but you so are. It's so good. Yeah, it it honestly it it, it didn't give me the conflict internally that I had when I was younger playing this game, but now when I play this game, I am unsettled by how much I enjoyed the violence. Like there was some primal uh you know beastly uh aspect of me that was just so satisfied murdering these pixels. Um and it's probably something I'm gonna have to think about a bit more and, and you know do some more self reflection. But boy can I say how good it felt. It was a good use some of these weapons and to just splatter some brains across the room. Yeah, because when did you play this game for the first time? Because you and I came out when it came out. Yeah, I am, and it was one of those very few games that I buy at launch. Um, I've rarely been someone to buy games at launch because games get get discounted so quickly because it's such a competitive marketplace out there that I I don't mind waiting a month or two and not having to pay the new game tax, Uh, and. Yeah, I bought this at launch because I was so entranced with the style of it and mm. the music. To hear music that I liked and was listening to, to hear it in a game, was just yeah. Because you would have been like a call in college, you would have just would have been starting. So yeah, because I was a little bit older when I played it. So I played it maybe four years ago. So I was like twenty, like in my mid twenties. But still, I didn't give it any thought. I'm, I just like took the game at face value, and I'm just like, oh, like video games video exactly video games this game was originally called cocaine cowboys right so i'm just like oh cool this is like i don't know drugs and and miami in the 80s okay i'm gonna kill things but i I gave it zero thought beyond like hey this is a video game yeah but now i have and i feel like that's your fault i'm sorry you know what i played it like how you played it the first time like right now i just took it at face value this is fun let's just go i love the music it's a (laughs) it's a cool little puzzle challenge and i saw it just as that a game of just puzzles Mm -hmm. it almost like there is a puzzle mode too oh was there yeah for me it was just like the strategy of like trying to get through some levels in like a certain way like there's sometimes where like i like you did i just took a melee weapon and tried to get through the level just with a melee weapon or sometimes like no this is really tricky let me just see if i can use a gun but it was for me it was like i didn't really dive into that storyline at all it was just like this is satisfying challenge after challenge after challenge yeah you're killing 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 but i didn't dive deeper than that i was just like I'm really just each death of a pixelated guy. It was just like, okay, that's just mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. <laughs> total soldier mentality, I guess. Yeah. But nothing more than that. But now that you guys are talking about it, maybe I am a little desensitized deranged. to violence. Yeah. Maybe that's, that's why I'm like guns, guns, guns is because of, <laughs> you know, one thing I didn't love though, the doors, can we I talk about the, the doors? doors? I love them. I know I why like they never, like they never worked my way. I, yeah. I, uh, I hear you. I, I hear use you. the horse mask quite a bit. Doors are lethal. Doors are lethal. Yeah. It was just great to like shoot a gunshot. So they would run towards the door and then you just crush them with the door and then you step back and you shoot another gunshot, not at anyone, just so that way it draws people near Mm -hmm. and then you use the the door to kill them. I've shot at walls opposite of people just to (laughs) let them come out of their door and just like, yeah. Um, You could also shoot the doors and knock them out if your timing is pretty perfect. So like I just found the doors didn't because sometimes if you walk through them, they kind of bounce back a little bit and almost like, yeah, yeah, they swivel back and almost half close. Mm -hmm. Like I'm nitpicking at this point. Like this is a good game like but the doors they sometimes do work for your favor they do yeah, yeah. it's like a coin I flip almost cover for in a lot of cases too yeah i think one of my favorite things like with the, the doors like a lot of the times is like especially if it's a small room my favorite like type of kill i guess to do is you grab a blunt weapon a golf club or a, a baseball bat and there's been some times where the room has three people with weapons 
and I just run in super fast and just swing like a <laughs> wild man, take them all out. I'm like, yes, no baseball bat yes. defeated everyone. Yes. Oh, man. What were your ratings like in the game? Because there's a rating system. Yeah, you get like a grade school, like A, B, C, or D. Yeah. I was a C student, I think, throughout the 100%, game. 100%. I was also a C student. Yeah. Mike? Um, so the first half of the game, I was an A student. Uh, second half of the game, I was a C student. Mm. And that's because like what what makes you go down in the ratings? Is it using guns? I don't know what makes you go down. I think it was like combos is the biggest thing. It's like continuously getting kills, 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 kills. And you'll build a stack and that will get you more points. Because if you look at it at the end, it's like awesome, awesome, great, great, great. And it's like it's calculating almost all of your combos. I could be completely wrong. I think wrong, you nailed it. But that's what I'm... Because in the first half of the game, I found it much easier to just plan my perfect walkthrough and figure out how to chain kill with kill to create an ongoing combo and to switch up weapon use like so you get less points if you use the same weapon over and over so i was figuring out how i could play through a mission either like continuously switching weapons and chaining kills and combos whereas when i was at the end of the game mind you i played the whole game today I was trying. I was trying to get through. I was just trying to finish in the end. So I was caring much less about comboing everything and having a perfect run through and changing up what weapons I was using. I just needed to like get through. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend playing the game? How would you recommend playing the game? Mouse and keyboard. Okay. I don't know how the savage over here did it with a controller. Yeah, but you know what? I'd say like with a controller. I haven't played with mouse and keyboard, so I can't vouch. But like. And in terms of like how to play in terms of timing, it's probably the perfect game if you like get it on sale or even if you don't get it on sale, it's worth it. Um, it's, it's on Steam sale right now. I perfect. $3. Yeah, it's the it's the best game to just have installed. It's a small game, so it doesn't take up much storage space. And if you have like a 10 minute break or you want to just play something really quick, you can literally just pop in one level. It'll take you 10, 15 minutes and it's like that's done. The, the storyline is so kind of weird that you don't really need to pay attention to it, I guess. It doesn't really... That's the only thing that doesn't really it's add It's not necessary. Value. Yeah. You, you don't need to pay attention to the story to enjoy the like gameplay elements of it. It's, yeah. not, it's not like Braid. Yeah. it's And I think if you play one level, it's going to be that game where you're going to have installed, you're going to finish it at your own pace, but you will finish it. You, I don't think... I'd be, I'd be hard-pressed to find someone. I'm assuming there's going to be someone, but someone that's going to play like one or two levels and say, oh, you know what? It's not my game. I think you play one or two missions and you're like, You'll okay. You'll know. Yeah, I'll finish this. I'll, I'll keep going. Yeah. Do I like the combat chess that this game presents or like, is it not my thing? Yeah. It's a good way to put it. Combat yeah. chess. I would also say like, do not, pl- I would also agree. Do not play this game in one sitting. Uh, I played it in two <laughs> sittings and like you, sh- someone was yelling from the other room cause I kept like dropping F bombs cause I'm not very good at games. I'm yeah. like, uh, they're like, what's going on in there? What are you doing? I'm playing a hard video game. Get off my back. Uh, it's mom. It. <laughs> and yeah, I think what's I, it to you, mom? <laughs> no, uh, I, th- I played like six sittings or so, and it was it was very very satisfying playing all those many times. Um, I think people like it if they if they haven't tried it out. I, I can I'm, I keep talking so highly of it, but I can't emphasize it enough. I had a great time with it. I think anyone would love to play this game. Mo, you don't know how giddy I was every time I saw on Discord that you were playing Hotline Miami. I'm like, oh boy, I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. I knew that you were gonna love it because there were weapons everywhere. Yeah. So in addition to like playing multiple sittings, if you don't love like difficult games, like this game is fair, but it is it is difficult. It's I, hard. So. 
I'm not. I'm, I'm almost and like. And there's you. no difficulty sliders at all. Yeah, I'm. I have trouble with hard games, but I don't know. This one seems like it's because each bad guy is one shot away from dying. There's no like, except for like those big bulky. But you are also one shot from dying. Yeah, and it cut and you and the levels are just long enough where like if you do lose, it'll bring you back to a reasonable location where you can like come back again, and you'll at you'll have muscle level. memory. You'll know exactly how to approach that level because it really doesn't change. The guys are moving around in a kind of a similar way, but like I don't know, it's it is hard. You're not you're gonna die multiple times, but it's not like it doesn't punish you and say, "Oh, you, you know, this is way too hard." Uh, uninstall like Braid. Yeah, um, <laughs> I guess my Sorry, approach was wrong because like I would brute force something until like right. I would almost get it right. Or you're like the I'd, definition of insanity. Yeah, the same thing over and over. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. And then I would try it maybe a hundred times, and I'd be like, "Okay, maybe this doesn't work." <laughs> but like I would beat my head against it, like trying it the right. same way until. And maybe that's a me problem, but like. I liked it. You guys loved it. It's a good... I recognize it's a good... Real recognize real. It's a good video game. Okay. Um, not my cup of tea. Gotcha. Liked it. You guys loved it. Yeah. See, I feel like now I can get Mo to play Super Meat Boy. I don't think so, man. Me, I, I gave it... I think I've played it. I think I put like five or ten minutes in it and I was like, this is way too hard. And that's a typical... That's a game where it's like, it's way too hard and I'm not interested anymore. We'll get you there, Mo. Travis, who has been on a past podcast... Uh, is playing Super Meat Boy on the Switch right now. So maybe that's something you can get him on. Fantastic. Fantastic. And you too. Maybe. We'll see. Nah, we'll see. So that's the show. Mo, uh, if people have questions, comments, concerns, things that they want to mention, where can they they voice those? Oh, give us a shout directly at questions at leftbehindgame.club. All questions asked will be answered on the podcast. We'll give you a quick little shout out. And if you want to join the discussion, feel free to join our Discord server. Link is also on the website. That's leftbehindgame.club. You'll see a quick little shiny button that says join the Discord and jump on board. We'd love to talk to you. Yeah, you can chat with us as we're playing the game, uh, see some of the hot game deals that we're posting in there, uh, and occasionally giving out free keys. Um, and so, Mo, where can the people find you at? You can find me at Murtadi, almost across the board, all social media platforms. Jacob, where can people find you at? I'm back on social media, so at Jacob McCourt on Earth. Fantastic. You're alive. You're a human being. Hello. Yelling into the void. Internet. <laughs> and you can find me at RuflowM across the web. And that, my friends, is one less game left behind. <laughs>